Hello and welcome to the, another episode of the Tantric Lounge. And today we're talking about being a crone, really. We're talking about menopause and postmenopausal sex. Which and we mean, crone, we mean crone in the nicest possible way. Well, a lot of people, a lot of women are actually reclaiming the term crone because for so long the whole idea of being postmenopausal was to be withered up and dried and definitely ick and not very sexual. And that whole idea of the crone being this old witchy kind of woman sort of didn't really help. But uh, there's some quite interesting books around these days and various people are reclaiming their crondom and seeing it as the very, very powerful time of life that it really should be. So, um, yeah, so today we'll be having a, a chat with an expert in this area. But um, first, let me introduce my co-host, Xavier Watercane. Hello, Xavier. Yes, who I'm already here interrupting in the middle of your introduction, but never mind. That's Hi, okay. How, how are you? Well, it's a bit different, listeners, because normally Xavier's here with me, but today he's not. Today he's with another woman. Yes, can you believe it? He is creatively collaborating with another woman, in fact, Heather, who we're going to be chatting to today. So it's a little bit weird for me because I'm not looking across at Xavier. It's not the well, same, Xavier. Bit, it's, it's not the it's same. A of, it's a bit weird for me too. We're actually about 10 miles apart at the moment physically. But um, it could be an entire galaxy. That's what it feels it, like. Oh, 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 having a moment, oh. having a moment. Okay. Yes, you've had a hard, <laughs> you've had a hard morning. Anyway, anyway, getting getting back on track. Let's focus, focus. <laughs> yes, but focus. This is this is the other the other surprise for the our listeners is that this is a pre-recorded. Normally, when we do mm. our podcasts, we're live. We when, are. at the time that we do the radio show, and then it goes out as a podcast. But this is actually a pre-record, so everything mm. you're listening to has been recorded two weeks before you're actually hearing it for the first time. If you're listening to this live, so mm. from now on, everything that you hear will be based on the assumption that it is two weeks in our future. Confused? We are, but that's it's the like way it time is. travel because, in fact, if you are listening to this live, well, sort of live when it's broadcast, I'll be on a plane on my way to Vietnam. That's right. So yes. it's all it's all terribly weird. It's all anyway, terribly modern and technological. Yes. yes. So what what are you doing in Vietnam? Oh, well, I'm going off for my annual spiritual retreat. Mm. Right. So I'll be in Hoi An. I'll be at a lovely luxury resort in Hoi An. Actually, I'm the kind of person who likes a bit of luxury to her spirituality. Being so a Victorian. Yes, yes, being a Taurian, I guess. So very spiritual, but also very sensual, liking some of the finer things in life. Um, yes, so recharging I'll be your recharging your spiritual batteries. I will be indeed. Yes, I'll be meditating all day, every day for I think it's six days, or maybe so it's seven days. It's quite a long one, this one. So mm. considering that we're pretending that this is actually September the eighteenth, a whole bunch of things will have already happened. <laughs> In, yes, we're using the, yes, we're using the future. Yes, my new website site is launched. Yeah. Yes, yes, it will have already started. You see, I'm, I'm getting into the future perfect tense, not oh, often that's... used in the English language. No, Get, for the grammar, Are the grammar geeks getting a buzz out of this? Um, okay, yes. so the new website should have launched by now. Yes, and... my new programs and my book and my button will be ready to be pushed. Yes, that's right. The very special because by now we will have been working on your back end and the front yes. end will have at least one <laughs> button that says if you would like 
if the listeners of these radio shows and podcasts would like to continue to help us stay independent, feel free to push Jacqueline's button and give mm. her a cheap thrill. Although mm. we, we would I'm even, feeling it already. You can feel it already? And oh, we might, I we think might even are pressing it. Yeah, we might... <laughs> We might even consider another button, which is a Xavier button too, so they can give me a cheap thrill too. Ooh, we could get competitive about whose button gets pushed more often. And and whose thrills are cheaper. Ah, yes. Ooh, we could get quite competitive. Anyway, so listeners, go on to uh, my website, JacquelineHellier.com forward slash radio. And, um, yes, there's a donation button there that you can push. And yes. every little dollar helps. We're also, we'll also be right in the middle of 30 Days of Nookie. Yes, in the middle of the 30 Days of Nookie, which people can sign up to at any time. So, um, yes, I will have been. <laughs> I don't like future perfect tense. Um, yeah, so we're halfway through 30 Nights of Nookie. Heaps of people signed up. You still can if you want. If you haven't done it yet, go to www.30nightsofnookie.com.au and that's 30 spelt with numerals and Nookie is spelt N-O-O-K-I-E. So it's an opportunity for you and your partner to receive every day for free a lovely Nookie activity, a lovely activity that you can do together that will help with your bonding. So it's a bit like a giant experiment to see what happens when people do beautiful, connecting, intimate things every night for 30 it nights. Has, it has no scientific validity, but it might be a lot of fun for the, those participating. Yeah, well, it could be an interesting scientific experiment, but I think just for each individual couple who partakes, it will just be an interesting personal experiment. Hmm. And now and now on to the interesting <coughs> personal experiment that is menopause. Ooh, today, yes. yes today's, today's show is about sex in the time of menopause and mm-hmm. we're welcoming the, pers- the, other, the other woman right yes. here who's next oh, to me. Oh, the other woman, Xavier. Yes, it's okay. The, I can be nice to her. And, yes, <laughs> and, we're sp- and we're speaking to Heather Cameron, who is the director and CEO of the Menopause Resource Centre, whose website will also be up and running by the time you hear this program. Okay. Hello, Heather. Hello, Hello Heather. Hi, guys. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Hello. Xavier. Thank you very much for having me today. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I hope you're enjoying Xavier. I hope you're happy that I've lent him to you. Yes, thank you for that, Jacqueline. I will give him back <laughs> occasionally. But <laughs> I'm sorry for being the other woman. <laughs> That's no, okay. Not. No, I'm not, I actually. Don't mind. <laughs> oh. Gosh. Anyway, any, anyway. So what have anyway. you two been up to over there with your creative collaboration? Tell me more. Oh, well, tell us, tell everyone about what you've been up to. Let's make this public. Okay. Well, the <laughs> Menopause Resource Centre. <coughs> tell us a little bit about the Menopause Resource Centre for starters so that people can get a context of what's happening. Okay. The Menopause Resource Centre is a place where women can go online. They can uh, hopefully have their questions answered about about menopause and the mysteries of menopause. Um, it seems to be quite uh, a minefield of, of symptoms that most women have no idea or unaware of what they're going to experience. And what we're hoping to do is to um, open up that minefield and, and make it easy for women to, to go through and find out exactly what they may or may not um, 
be, be seeing in the future. Be well, in for. Yeah, exactly. Because, because you were motivated to do the Menopause Resource Centre because there was so much ignorance about menopause, so much silence. Exactly. There was, there was nothing. Uh, even when I sort of started my research and, and was looking around on the internet, it was so difficult to find anything and most of what I found was, was old. It was, hadn't been updated and I couldn't understand a lot of it. It was, it was so difficult to, to, just really find anything at all about it, and no one wanted to talk about it. No one, no one was interested in in answering my questions or even chatting about it. It was very, it was very confusing, and I, I found very um, lonely at the time. But it's a hugely important part of life. All women, a hundred percent of women, will go through it. Will you, go through you, it. you can't escape if this. You, it if, will happen if you live long <laughs> enough. And, yes. and it's not just a women's issue, it's a human issue, isn't it? Is. It? it is very much a human issue. And, you know, it's not a disease, it's not a condition, it's just a fact of life. We're going to go through menopause. Well, and it's we should like be... puberty, isn't it? Well, it is, exactly, Jacqueline. And we need to know about what we're going, it's going to happen to us, to our bodies, to our spirit, to our mind, everything that's going, that we're going to experience, we need to know about so that we can sort of be prepared for what's coming. But whereas we're more comfortable nowadays talking about menarche and puberty and, mm. we, and young women are comfortable about talking about their periods, et cetera, et cetera, older women are very uncomfortable still talking about the next natural part of the normal cycle of life. They're not only uncomfortable, they're almost terrified of talking about it. It's, it's like don't mention menopause. Don't mention I, the M word. If we, ha- if we had sort of visual here, there is, there is uh, a menopause smile, green grimace that I almost get and, and the eyes have that sort of terrified look to them. It's like don't, don't mention the word. I can stop a conversation with, with, you know, I'm going through menopause. I've seen women just turn and walk away from me. They just don't want to talk about it. And it took me a while to actually sort of work out what was going on and it's the stigma associated with menopause because for most women they feel that menopause equals old and mm-hmm. as Jacqueline mentioned earlier it's like you know we, we've dried up withered and 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 not wanted we're not luscious anymore well that's wrong mm. that's that's debunk that theory out the yes. door it's it's yes, completely and utterly wrong we well, are I mean, luscious. so many we are wonderful yeah, well, We're I mean, fabulous. for so many women in their 50s and 60s and beyond, it's actually can be the best part of life. Well, exactly. I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying going through now my 50s, now that I know what I'm going through and now that I can sort of control the symptoms that I am still going through. At 57, mm-hmm. I'm still going through the symptoms of menopause. But now that I know uh, what's happening to me, what it will be happening to me, I can control it to a certain degree. Um yeah. But I feel great. And that's what I should have felt when I started menopause. I should have felt this great. I should have felt this empowered. But you Mm. didn't. Oh, no. I was so confused. I had absolutely no idea. I mean, we usually find out as women what we're going to be experiencing and it comes down through the generations. So our mother, grandmothers, whatever, they didn't know. That wasn't spoken about, obviously. So Mm. if they didn't know, how could they pass it on? And it's got to stop. We have to know what's happening. My mum didn't know. She didn't tell me. So, you know, it, Mm. it was just this constant silence. Given the inevitability of the process, yep. given the inevitability, mm-hmm. so we're dedicating this show mm-hmm. to doing both the dark side of menopause and the light side of there menopause. Is, there is definitely a positive side to menopause. There is light at the end of the menopausal there is, tunnel. There is. So to speak. <laughs> 
Yes. I'm seeing slowly that like just get bigger, bigger, bigger. So, so, what so, we're to, so if so, we're going to do is we're going to look at the negative first. Yes. And say, the actual well, tunnel, know, the darkness. And the, the actual the, the, the darkness and the, and the woefulness. <laughs> and we're going to look at, okay, not every woman, we've got to be very careful here, not yes. every woman will experience everything that Heather no. is going to describe. Heather had a particularly bad time with the big M. Well, I think which every is, symptom you could possibly think of, um, I got broadsided with. Right, which, which is probably it, what, what, what led you to create this fabulous resource. So in a way, it, you know, silver it, lining and all that. Definitely. It was, mm. Jacqueline. Um, if mm. I hadn't sort of been hit so hard and if I hadn't gone through it to such the degree that I did, I probably... Mm. Would have would have just you know sailed on and thought oh well this is this is easy I'm I'm okay, um, yeah. but I think also in experiencing those symptoms to the level that I did I was also aware of the ramifications to our health not mm. just the signs that you that you the physical signs that you seem to sort of display it was the yeah. your actual health that you need right. to be aware and address as well. And okay. Also, sorry, did you want to say something? No, well I was just going to say bring it on. Let's hear the worst of it all. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll hear. We'll, I'm ready. We'll be, I'm prepared. Okay, okay. <laughs> As someone who's perimenopausal, I'm I'm prepared. Bring it on. Tell me, tell me the worst. <laughs> you're you're dropping out. Okay, get closer We're to the microphone. We're using you. Oh, did um, you? Yeah, just for a second. Um, so, okay. So, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. let's talk about the nastiness. Yes. And so, because on the basis of forewarned is forearmed. Forewarned is forearmed, and then we'll talk about later on in the show, what you can do about it, which, mm-hmm. which is actually quite a lot. There is a lot. So whether you're going through menopause mm-hmm. or in which case you can use that that stuff now mm-hmm. or if you're a long way away from it or even if you're perimenopause, you can start building a firm foundation of mental, emotional and physical and spiritual health. Yes. Because we'll also be talking about the spiritual side mm-hmm. with Jacqueline about menopause later um, so that women can say, Okay, fine. I know what I'm going to. I know what I might go through, and I'll be prepared. The other thing is also really important. This isn't just for women. On behalf oh, no. of the on the on behalf of the other half of the human species, menopause affects men greatly as well yes, because it's we the have andropause. Yes, we 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 not only have our own andropause to deal with mm-hmm. at some point in our lives, we also have to deal with. The, women, the, the menopause that the women in our life are going through mm-hmm. because we are all of us sons, mm-hmm. fathers, well, a lot of us are fathers, brothers, brothers, uncles, whatever, mm-hmm. we all of us experience. I mean, I know as the only male child of my mother, when she was going through menopause, I had to experience some of the negative side effects as well and nobody warned me. Right. <laughs> so... So and probably no one warned your mum. Right, so, exactly, exactly. So, so how could like, she tell you? So right after the break, which happens in a few seconds, we'll talk about the negatives, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about what to do about them. 
Not a problem. And welcome back to the Tantric Lounge where Xavier and I are talking to Heather Cameron about menopause and how and her wonderful new resource that she's created called the Menopause Resource Centre. It's an online website where you can get all the information that you need around menopause and how to make the most of it. So at the moment, we're actually starting off with the darker side of menopause. We're just going to look at all the things that could happen. They might not. Hopefully they won't. And we'll also be looking at what you can do to make it as easy as possible for yourself and for the people in your life. Um, but just right now, I think we're, we're still looking at, what did you call it, Xavier? The dark tunnel of menopause. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, the, yes. And unfortunately, there is a tunnel involved in menopause that tends to be rather compromised during menopause. We all know which tunnel I'm talking about. We're talking about that would and- be the vagina. Yes, that's that's the the, the, the vaginal tunnel. Okay, Heather, lead us into what happens to a woman's vagina during menopause. Okay, so we all know how important our vagina is when it comes to sex, obviously. And before we begin menopause, your vagina is is moist and plump and it's ready for action and it's it's being well looked after by our hormones and we really don't have to think a great deal about the role that our vagina plays or our hormones play because it's always... It's a given. It's it's a a given. It's ready to go. Unfortunately, when we begin menopause, this starts to change and our vaginas that were once plump and moist start to diminish. The the, um, moistness starts to just dry up, the elasticity of our vaginas starts to weaken and that plumpness, those fat cells start to sort of shrink. Because the, 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 the fat cells actually help keep the vaginal plump. Well, exactly. And that's, that's because of the, the blood flow, keeping them all plump and, and happy. So when we start menopause, it's estrogen, the, the hormone that women produce, and that actually starts to diminish. And because of that, our vaginas then start to take this transformation on. So the flower begins to wilt. It does begin to wilt, unfortunately. Oh my and God, so Sammy, you're just really coming out with the fabulous analogies today. But I'm, I'm always, I love the idea. Let's keep the idea that the flower can be revived. Or maybe there's something else in the flower and it's not just about the petals. Anyway, continue. Okay, so what happens is when the Mm. estrogen starts to diminish, as I said previously, um, the, the vaginal wall, starts to thin and we the moistness starts to dry up and with the plumpness going everything starts to take on a sagging appearance now that sounds awful but it's it's basically what happens and the vagina is, starts sagging but you can't the vagina see the sagging. vagina so the, how would you know what it start, looks like yeah, the walls start to thin, everything starts to sort of droop and sag. So the vulva starts to change shape, it starts to sag, and that you know, moisture starts. Can goes. I just call you on that? Because I've got this fabulous book, right, called yep. Um, yep. Eye of the Flower, um, yep. done by Andrew Barnes and a colleague, and he's taken all these beautiful photos of women's vulvas, right? Yep. And part of the point of the whole book was to show that um, they're very many and varied, but also mm-hmm. that you can't tell how old a woman is. Like I've studied all of these. There must be a 100 or more vaginas and you can't tell how old the – but they, it doesn't look any different postmenopausal than it does before. 
Well, can I just can I just say also mm. that when I read this, I was horrified. I thought, oh, how terrible! What my valve is going to sag and and sort of. So, I had a look, and I mm. honestly, I've not <coughs> been shy in having a look at my vulva or my vagina at, at all, and mm. I couldn't notice any difference whatsoever. Now I'm been seven years into this process, nearly eight, mm. Uh, mm. and my as far as I'm concerned, my vulva and, and vagina look exactly the same. So yeah, well, I think I mean I think this is one of the myths. I mean, have a look at well, this book. I'll show you next time you come round, um, because there's plenty of photos of women in their fifties and sixties, and possibly even their seventies, and you can't. Yeah, tell any difference you can't There's tell a, any difference and every you know you can't every tell if they've had babies or not had babies like they don't look any different either yes I mean if you probably got up close you might see that the vaginal opening might be a bit wider but I mean you can't tell that unless you get really close but um, then did you how how wide was it before they had a baby <laughs> do we really know <laughs> But I've seen advertising by plastic surgeons that say have your vagina have your vulva Tightened. look young Yes. yes, keep your keep your vulva looking young, as though yes. it, so it I, gets I, sold and wrinkly, and it doesn't. Are we being sold and furfy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely, I think so. Yeah, but but isn't it true though, regardless of what the external appearance is like, that there mm. is a great incidence yes. of urinary tract infections in older yes. women? Yes, it is because so there might be just invisible things going on, micro yep. changes that make a slot that increase the possibility of urinary tract infections because of tearing in a vaginal wall, etc. Isn't that also a fact? It is a fact because with the, the moistness going um, and the walls thinning, if you have sex and it is painful, um, even if it's not painful and you have sex, then you can actually tear the membrane of the mm-hmm. vaginal wall and that will allow bacteria in and urinary tract infections and thrush and are very much part and parcel of that. And once again, we're emphasising this does not happen in inevitably to all women no but it's part of a process on the bell curve exactly some women are going to experience this as menopause sets on fortunately you can do something about this well you can and it's wonderful because it's a time in your life when when you actually are as they they, they give you a time frame, 12 months into uh, you stopped bleeding you are in menopause so Hence, there's your chances of falling pregnant are fairly much zero. So we can have as much sex as we want. We don't have to worry about periods. We don't have to worry about falling pregnant. And guess what? The more sex you have, the more mm-hmm. it increases the moistness. Oh, so I like that. Those, I know. Go so forth it, and bonk, ladies. Yes, go so go out, go out and have, have as much sex. It's freedom time. We can now have as much sex as we want. The more sex we have, the more the mucus starts to, more mucus is produced in the vagina. We're more Mm -hmm. moist again. We don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about about drying up. So so the saggy vag, to some extent, is (laughs) the saggy vag. Well, it's it's memorable. It's a memorable, yeah. So the saggy vag is to some extent a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you yes. ignore, if you ignore your nether regions, yep. isn't that more poetic? Your nether regions. Thank you, Xavier. <laughs> and saggy vag. And, 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 and you don't, an and you don't give it the attention that it's due, and mm-hmm. that it often calls you to to attend. It often women often talk about their vaginas talking to them and saying hello, you're not really giving me my due. If you do give the vag its due, mm. she will perform. She will c- come up to the part. 
mm. rise to, rise yeah, to occasion. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's this is the positive side. We're now liberated. We're free. Go forth and, and, you, and have as much sex as you want. And I would seriously question going to a plastic surgeon oh. to, who's telling you you've got a saggy badge. Well, like I said, uh, I've not noticed. Some of the it, stuff they say is outrageous. It's and, and, just you know, outrageous. It's, it's, I'm glad you actually did bring that up, Jacqueline, because mm. as I said, I've, I've really had a good look and I, I've not noticed any difference whatsoever. So, mm. and every single bit of research you find on vaginal dryness and vaginal atrophy, which is the final stage that they tell us we will all end up in, um, is, is just constant that our vulvas will sag and change. And I've thought, I'm just going to check this out. So I'm really pleased that you mentioned that because mm. I thought it was just me. I'm one. I'm no, no, I have to say, can I just say something? As a sexologist who's done yep. read an awful lot of articles around sexuality and so forth, is the number of articles I've read where the myths around sex in our society are just taken as facts, especially the myths around female sexuality. I have read so many articles where it's just assumed that women have a lower sexual interest than men, where they just assume that women are going to lose interest in sex, where they just assume that a postmenopausal woman is naturally going to have less of a sex drive. And automatically, automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so, an underlying assumption, and it's only now that some of this stuff is starting to change. It's really very recent. It's only been in this century really, that people, that science is really starting to have a good look at female sexuality and there is so much that we don't know. There's so much that's still contentious and let alone that, that they're looking at postmenopausal sexuality because there's still such a, such a belief in society that older women, oh, my God, you hit 50 and you're old, um, are naturally not going to be interested in sex. And can I say something else while I'm holding the fort here, that of all the people who come to see me as clients, I get more women in their 50s and beyond complaining that their partners and their husbands have lost their sex drive. Like there's this huge issue out there about men who are, you know, post-andropause-ish losing interest in sex. And their, and their wives, who are actually kind of like feeling pretty damn good for all those reasons you just mentioned, um, can't get their partners interested. See, Heather, yeah. you're not the only person who gets up on a soapbox. <laughs> I'm glad. I oh, thought, no. I, was, I, oh, thought no, I was the only one that used to make people run after a while. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I no, actually you, do you, have you, a soapbox everywhere oh, I go. In my field. You do what I do and people either love you or they hate you. You will get friends and you will make enemies and some people will come up and they'll want to talk to you endlessly and others will just walk away looking very embarrassed. That's oh, yeah. your, experience, your experience too, Heather. My experience it? has with been, menopause. yes, uh, mm. I've, at this, at, really um, at this stage I've had mostly people run. I've had very, very, very few people who've actually stood and been interested in what I've had to say about measures. Women, mostly, women are terrified and scared of of what is out there and what's coming. And I, as I said previously, I think it's because they just have no idea what it is that they're going to go through or what they can do to turn it around and make the journey a lot easier. Mm. Moving right along. Yes, focusing on that. Let's focus on that. Let's focusing on that. So 
again, we need to emphasize not all women are going to have this. No. But if you do, there's an easy There fix. is an easy path. But before we just go to the easy path, there are a couple of other side effects that can interfere with your sex life when okay. you start menopause. And that's the depression. Now, oh, yes. It's, yes. It's very important it, point. Yeah, it is. It is there. And it's, it causes a lot of other flow on effects. Like you can have mood swings feel anxious, there's irritability, sudden tears, and the stress involved. And then you've got fatigue, migraines, and they will all compound um, into, you know, making you not feel as like, you know, not tonight, dear. But um, again, if you're aware of those and you're able to sort of confront them and do something about it, then it need not be such an or have such an impact on your sex life. It's no so migraines are a symptom for some women, are they? I haven't heard that oh, one. Oh yes, yeah, really? very much so. Yep, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the um, estrogen and progesterone that just keep fluctuating, and mm. they um, dilate the vasodilation. Yeah, yes. seems to be the cause. They regulate the the width and the diameter of the blood vessels. Mm. So as the hormones fluctuate, as they do, they'll rise up, they'll rise down relative to each other. Also, that's something else that's very important. Progesterone and estrogen relative to each other fluctuate as well. Yes. So the vessels are expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting. If they're in the right area, pressing on a nerve in the head. Ah, Hence migraine. migraine. So, and, and, that's that's something that that can just hit you out of the blue. So yeah, migraines very much so. There's all, I wasn't aware of that one. With the, with the, it's key to understanding menopause, just as it's key to understanding puberty. That hormones, it's a hormonal story. They mm. really do control um, our lives to to a great to extent. a great degree. Yeah. So that it's no surprise that if they control our bodies so much and what our bodies decide to do or not do, that they will also affect our minds because our our mm. minds exist in our brains, which is a physical organ. Exactly. Um, given, though, so, again, not all women are going to experience depression. No. Not all women are going to experience um, this feeling of wanting to be alone or isolated mm-hmm. because no. that's another thing that happens with a menopause, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, it, it's very much that you're not needed, wanted. You, you're just not a vital part of the the society. You, you're a, you're just not um, basically a, a wanted person anymore. So you feel as if you just want to hide away, lock yourself away, or just walk out the door and, and so. Go. So what? That's something that comes with the depression, is it? That people yes, women start is. feeling that because yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we actually have a because it doesn't make logical sense. That's just, no, it doesn't at all. No. Not at all. There's no logic behind it whatsoever. We have a theory that, and because there's, as you mentioned earlier, Jacqueline, so Mm. little is known about female sexuality because men are not making it a priority and women are running away from it often. But Mm. think about this. Think about oxytocin levels in menopause. Now, almost no research has been done about this, but Mm. if oxytocin, the feel-good bonding hormone, diminishes in menopause as well, you're not going to feel like bonding. Mm. So that could be another thing. We're very close to um, the, the next break. Mm-hmm. So we'll oh, explore. We? Yep, yes. Time flies again, especially, <laughs> yeah. when people get, especially when people get on their soapbox. <laughs> yeah. we, sh- we should actually do one about Jacqueline and Heather's soapbox. I'm sure they're, they're probably closer than you think. Um, so after the break, we'll look, at it, we'll look at some of the other things that might affect um, um, the sex life during menopause. 
and we'll look at other really interesting and helpful things that women can do to make their journey through menopause easier mm-hmm. and especially yes. after the break. And welcome back, listeners, to the Tantric Lounge, where we're having yet another fascinating uh, conversation with a sex geek or a menopausal sex geek, in this case, Heather Cameron. Um, we've gone through all of the bad things that may happen during menopause, and now we're focusing on what you can do to um, minimise the bad aspects and maximise the positive elements of what a postmenopausal sex life can be, a nice, juicy, luscious, cronish existence. So, where were we, Heather? The luscious crone. The luscious the crone. Luscious crone. Yes. Okay. Well, there there are a lot of positives um, about going through menopause, and the first one that I think is is the most important is knowledge. So, yes. wherever you gain your knowledge, whether it's hopefully before you start menopause, and hopefully a long way before you start menopause, but even if you are going through menopause at whatever stage, knowledge, knowing exactly what your body is going through, knowing what you can do to minimise whatever symptoms you are that you're you're experiencing, that to me... Knowledge is, is power. It is power. And once you have that knowledge, once you're armed with all that information, you can turn it around, you can um, apply it, you can... Um, just change a lot of things that are happening to you I'd in like a to, very positive way. I'd like to get into some intimate knowledge. Heather, I want to know a little bit more. I'm sure everybody wants to know a little bit more about your story because you did experience some of the worst um, symptoms of menopause. Did you lose um, interest in sex for a period of time when you yes. were first starting? Yes, I did. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, I got hit. I got broadsided um, Big time. Um, not only did uh, I experience severe flooding with my periods, um, uh, depression hit me straight away, migraines hit me straight away, hot flushes, night sweats. I mean, you really don't feel like you want to have sex when you're lying there thrashing around. And uh, sweat. Yeah, exactly. And, and not, I mean, in, not in a good way. I mean, my husband did joke and he did say that the first time it happened, I started peeling all my clothes off and he thought, great, she's ready for it. And I looked at him and I said, don't even bother. Don't even think about it. But not only that, you're tired. I mean, you're just not getting a good night's sleep. I was so tired. The fatigue hit me. And then, of course, you got crashing fatigue, which is another symptom. That hit me. I was exhausted. I was dragging myself around, this constant sweating and just not being able to sort of get any vitality whatsoever. Did you get the Were you in this I had a bit of – sorry – Sorry? Oh, I was I just asking that. what time, it, what, what age did this start? I was 50. I was actually, mm-hmm. um, my story is that I was actually standing in the queue of a bank waiting mm. and I felt that, that, that flooding feeling. I knew something was happening. I looked down and there's blood running down my legs and I mm. had to rush out of the bank. I knew the, where the cl- closest ladies was, so I raced in there, cleaned myself up as much as I could and got home. And that was my first indication of menopause and I was 50. Mm-hmm. It was my birthday. So um, okay. I'm 57 now and I am still going through a lot of symptoms. I'm still having night sweats, hot flushes. The migraines, fortunately, have gone. But mm. I did get broadsided hugely and I had absolutely no idea. Menopause. So you had was- no idea that you were going to get flooding? No. I thought <laughs> that was, that was the complete opposite. I thought your periods start to lessen and completely 
just go. That was all I knew about menopause. Right. Nothing else. And, and hot flushes, I'd heard of those, but mm-hmm. not one other symptom that I, that I was hit with. Did you get the breast tenderness as well? I did a little bit, not severely, but it was uncomfortable and um, I was wearing loose clothing. What um, about the body odour? Yes, I got BO um, for the first time in my life. Um, that didn't last a very long time, um, but I got stale breath. Um, I w- mints were my best friend. I was constantly aware of it, and no matter what I did, it was still there. And you got a bit plumper too. I did. I started to put on weight for the first time in my life, and it wouldn't go, no matter what I did. And it was in the areas that every woman doesn't want. It was my stomach <laughs> and my my muffin top, and I was embarrassed. I, and that added to the depression as well. I mean, I just looked and went, and I st- my skin started to sag. I looked in the mirror. I didn't know who I was. My fingernails became brittle. My hair looked dreadful. And every you, part you- of me started to change dramatically. And you felt totally unsexy. Oh, I, I thought if I look at myself and go, ugh, <laughs> someone else must. And that was another part of the drawing away from the self-esteem. The thing. self-esteem. I just felt dreadful. So how did you drag yourself out of this? I, I found out what I was going can, through. I thought, can we just tell happening? all of the listeners that Heather yep. these days is looking absolutely fantastic? Why, thank you, Jacqueline. You look hot. I have to say. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, certainly you don't look 57. Thank you very, very much. Mm. I must say these days I'm feeling fabulous about myself, but that's because of the awareness that I've gained about menopause. And you acted on that awareness. I acted on it. Let, let, can, I, can I just tell? Can I just yeah. share something yeah. with everybody? It's never too late to do something about menopause it doesn't matter i mean obviously if you're in your 20s and you're building a strong foundation of nutrition and health and exercise not smoking drinking in moderation all that sort of stuff all of that is great but the thing is heather never heather doesn't smoke she drinks in moderation but she didn't really do much in terms of building a foundation and menopause hit you at 50 yep you had some really bad and then you decided to do something about it now, one of the key things that anybody can do to help the, the, their health is exercise. Exercise is vital. And exercise actually can be really, really good if we go back to the sexual side. Menopause, um, exercise can be great for that as well. And I had absolutely no idea, and this is part of my learning curve, but um, exercise increases your blood flow, it gives mm-hmm. you vitality. But mm-hmm. not only that, weightlifting which isn't bodybuilding, but weightlifting. Resistance actually, training. Resistance training increases the testosterone and hence the testosterone um, increases your sex increases drive. Sex drive. So <laughs> all in all, it's, it's a really positive thing to do. And here's the big reveal. Heather did not do any <laughs> exercise at all until she was? 56. Wow. Yeah. So That's uh, only a year ago. Yeah. It was so only a year if ago. If you can reclaim your juiciness at the age of 56 just mm. by doing a little bit more exercise and just watching what you eat, yep, supplementing with magnesium and zinc, that's a, always a good thing, isn't it? Yes, yes, magnesium and zinc um, is great. Uh, your diet is so important. But I think the important thing also is knowing about the foods 
that will exacerbate some of the symptoms. So then you're making your own decision. I know if I have this glass of alcohol, if I know if I have this cup of coffee, this is what's going to happen. So now you're empowered. You can say, all right, if I I have that, I I can make a choice. I really like that. I want to have a glass of wine. I know it's going to affect me a little bit, but you're making the decision, not something else is making the decision for you. And you're not fumbling around in the dark. Exactly. In the dark tunnel. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The more you know, the more you can control it, the more you understand the the more power you have over your body. Mm. Yes. Spirituality. Okay. Spirituality. Let's talk spirituality. Mm. Yep. Yes. What can, what can a woman moving into the crone years do, Jacqueline, in, in a spiritual sense? Yep. Yes. Well, yes. You know, like as um, I talk about so often and the work that I do with women is very much about a woman having that knowledge and that power that Heather's been talking about and having a really good connection with herself Mm-hmm. Um, and her sexuality and really seeing her sexuality as being a fundamental part of who she is as a, as a woman, regardless of her stage of life. And for women who are premenopausal, post, post-puberty, i.e. during their years of menstruating, uh, I really encourage women to get in touch with their natural cycles because too many women, I believe, in our society try and pretend it doesn't happen and just push on through and if something hurts, if they've got period pain, they take drugs, they take, you know, hormones to which constantly, you know, supposedly for contraception, which just disrupt their bodies constantly. I'm just appalled that as a society we think that taking um, hormones as birth control is a good thing. All we're doing is making rich men in Switzerland richer and what's it doing to our bodies? Like it's this huge unknown experiment that so many women are subjecting themselves to when it's so easy for a woman to get in touch with her natural cycle, know when she's fertile and either abstain from intercourse at that, those few days or use a condom, right? It's so cheap. It's so easy. It's so empowering. And as a woman goes into um, her period and if she is feeling a little bit, you know, antsy or feeling a little bit emotional, that's just her body saying, hey, sweetheart, we need to have a rest here. You know, you absolutely have to take the first couple of days easier. But, oh, no, modern women don't do that. They keep on pushing through and weakening their body, weakening their systems and losing that connection with themselves and with uh, with their bodies and with their femininity. So it's not surprising so many women have horrible, horrible um, menopauses because they are so disconnected from their bodies and from their femininity and from their sexuality. And Um, and, and and I would also argue that they're also disconnected from the, what do you call it, the passing on of female knowledge. Yes. Women don't talk to their daughters about this. They don't mm. say, this is, this, is, this, is these, this is who you are as part of the human experience, as the female human experience. And I think that's a really important part as well. Yeah, yeah. The tradition. And, and teaching young, young girls and young women to get in touch with themselves and to be able to turn to their, their feminine elders for that guidance, which is partly what the crone thing is all about. In more traditional societies, the crone was seen as a, as a positive thing, a wise woman. She's lived so much. She knows so much. They're the ones that you turn to. But in our youth-obsessed society, who do we turn to for knowledge? All the young starlets, all the young celebrities who, look, some of them have something to say, but um, they have such little life experience. So... 
So I believe very much for a woman's spirituality and connecting her spirituality and her sexuality, understanding her body, connecting with her body and honoring her body as well. So when Heather's talking about eating well and exercising, I'd add to that as well, taking time out for yourself, you know, Generally, I believe that if a woman is feeling depressed or stressed or anxious in some way, it's her body, it's her soul is desperately crying out, give me a break, give me a break. Can we just have some downtime here? Can we just chill? Which is why I believe as a woman approaches menopause, if she's aware that all of this is happening, for many women, women, it's a time in their life when, you know, there aren't as many stresses because the children are getting older. It's not like when you have little kids, hopefully you're a little bit more financially together than you were when you were younger. Um, And if you're still in really good health, um, physical and mental, well, it can actually be just a really beautiful transitional phase. Unfortunately, a lot of women are not in that position, are they? A lot of women have waited rather longer than normal to have their children, so Mm. they might actually start having the menopause just as their younger children. Their daughters are going through puberty. Puberty, which is so so. (laughs) And teenage years. So speaking as a male in a household where you get maybe a perimenopausal or menopausal woman and a teenager going through puberty. (laughs) <laughs> and especially, it's sort of like, oh God, I'm in this sea of fluctuating hormones. hormones. I just want to, I mean, I'm, my heart goes out to the men out there that have to deal with that. I'm thinking of people, I'm, I shouldn't say this, but I'm thinking of people like my brother in law. But hey, but that's a nice. That- Yeah, but to get back to the sexual side of things, right? So if the woman's more in touch with what's happening, to her body and her psyche and her spirit and so forth. And if her partner as well understands that, then to tie in with what we were talking about, about having actually having more sex. And when I say sex, as frequent listeners will know, I'm talking about lovemaking, which may or may not include intercourse. Intercourse is lovely, but you don't have to. Um, And this also ties in with this whole idea that often people think, well, I'm menstruating or I'm feeling terrible or blah, 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 so therefore I'm not going to have sex because I don't feel like having a penis rammed inside me. So if part of your approach to lovemaking has this more spiritual tantric approach, which is that, you know, it can just be a beautiful cuddle if that's what you're up for. It doesn't have to lead to anything. It doesn't have to be anything other than what it happens to be in that moment. Um, and that you can actually just like start with a gentle cuddle or a nice massage or something could end there, or you might want to move into some very gentle lovemaking possibly, depending on where you're at and what your needs are. And again, this is part of a woman being able to tap into, well, what do I need in this moment? What, and some, what, and what is right for me? And how can I communicate this to my partner in a way that he or she can hear and um, respond positively to? And sometimes you do need just to push yourself a little, don't you? I mean, Heather's experience mm. wasn't that was you, wasn't it? You yes. Were, you didn't feel like it much, no. but you wanted, but you felt but that I, you needed to push yourself just a little bit just to get back into the groove. Back into the groove, back into the mm. swing. So to speak. And it's, it's very easy just to retreat completely. So it does yes. take a little bit of effort, <laughs> um, but it's so worthwhile. It's, mm. it's, uh, the effort it definitely outweighs, you know, um, the, the not effort, if you want to put it that mm. way. But, yeah, no, we, we need to just push ourselves through. But and, and, again, to realise that 
that those um, depressive moments or any of the anxiety, it will start to lessen. So you do, in that respect, start to come back to who you were before. Um, But if you do just put that little bit extra in, the benefits are great because we need we need intimacy. We need mm. to be told that we're still we're still um, you know vital women. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And even mm. if it is just a cuddle or whatever, um, that's just so important. But if you stand there just push, 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 pushing away, mm. the men need to know that that's not what you want. You really want just to be held. Um, yes. And it doesn't have to go into, you know, sex. It can just be um, just, just as we said, being held. And we've run out of time. Oh, no. <laughs> any really, final, already? Really, already. Any, oh. fi- any final quickie concluding remarks, Jacqueline? Oh, give, well, give us your website. What's your website? It's www.mrcw.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully you can find everything and anything that you need to know about menopause. That's what we're aiming to do, to enlighten women on, yes, the dark side, but the positive and everything Absolutely. in between. That's oh, look, Menopause Resource Centre for menop- Women. That's right. M-R-C-W. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for being on the show. It's been fascinating and I think really positive, um, which is what I always like to promote. And, you know, because yes. for those women or their partners listening in today who are going through it and for those that have not yet gone through it but inevitably will, this is all fabulous information. So thank you once again and thank you, listeners, and we will join you again next week. So look forward to talking to you again. <laughs> 